You undoubtedly heard or read something about the giant annual gadget fest last week in Las Vegas called the Consumer Electronics Show. We didn't go, but we did scan a few of the stories and wondered if there might be anything of immediate use to the marketing and advertising industry. In this episode, we talk to two media people who did go to CES and then offer our take on what actually might be useful to put on the radar this year. Welcome to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, bringing you unique insights from two of the industry's brightest analysts and forecasters, Corey Elliott and Gordon Burrell. Today's podcast is sponsored by Frequence, the future of media, and by The Weather Company, the world's leading weather provider, offering data and visualizations that broadcasters need. Welcome to the big show, everyone. I am about one of your hosts, Corey Elliott, and with me, as per usual, Mr. Gordon Burrell. Howdy. Howdy doody, Hello. everybody. Happy, happy uh, 2023. Yes, happy 2023 to you, sir. And we have two new sponsors on the show. We'll get to them in a moment, but we're very pleased at that and have these sponsors coming on the show. We actually have them in interviews later in the year, each of the sponsors we have. And we try to tweak them just a little bit uh, to get some really interesting stuff out of them and what they're seeing. So that'll be coming up a little later in the year. But what are we talking about today? We're talking Ooh. about the Consumer Electronics Show, right? Yeah. Speaking of interesting things, the Consumer Electronics Show is a big one. Last year, the attendance was a little bit down, but evidently this year it was back, baby. Yeah, we talked to a couple of people, one of them, Fred Jacobs. We'll feature some comments from Fred from Jacobs Media, a big uh, old-time radio guy. And Todd Handy, somebody a little more steeped in uh, disruptive innovation and sort of a broader perspective of media. He's now with a company called Sebpo, used to be with Beasley and with others prior to that. But uh, we talked to them, and Fred had told us, what, that there were 45,000 people Last year in 2022, I guess, when the Mm -hmm. pandemic actually was still raging in the early part of 2022. And how many this year? Like over 100,000? Yeah, over easily over 100,000. That's what I read. And we tried to send you, but you wouldn't go. Yeah, you you tried to send me like the day before. And then, uh, yeah, I, I have some things to do. I'm very important, Gordon. You know that. Right. I, th- I think the whole show would have stopped for you. They probably would have opened up a spot <laughs> on the stage. Yeah, just to avoid me, that's all. It's Corey's Local Marketing Minute, Corey Elliott. Sure, sure. <laughs> that show, by the way, has been going great. We should have had a live episode at Consumer Electronics Show of Corey's Local Marketing Minute. Oh, that would have been good. And, and I'm sure there would have been, oh, we could have done like augmented reality or virtual reality oh, or something please. like that. Because I guess they were all over the show. Have you ever been to CES? No, I have not. Neither have I. And, you know, I, I guess I get a little tainted on somebody's weird-ass gadgets, you know, and everybody just goes gaga over them. You watch, you know, the, the NBC Evening News or Nightly yep. News, and there was one – what was the one that involves the, the toilet? You drop in the toilet and you pee on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it monitors your health, apparently, through urine. Uh, at least that's what they say. The withings, I'm reading it now, the withings you scan. See, this is why it's just so freaking ridiculous, I think, to go to these things. You just, you look up and you go, oh my God, look at all this. Oh, there's a withings you scan. I want it. It's the first gadget you actually need to drop into the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, see, they're it's, clever. It's designed to make health assessment by, it looks like an egg. It looks uh-huh. like it's just a white egg. By analyzing the user's urine, it can even... Ooh, differentiate between different people based on their stream. 
<laughs> sure, sure. I I want a device to know about my stream. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Uh, I think that's great. Let's change the subject. I mean, yeah, there were there we? were other ridiculous things there too. But you know, let's talk about some things. And this was the point in getting to uh, Fred Jacobs and, and and Todd, a couple of people who attended, and figuring out what you know actually happened. One of the things that that Fred was talking about when we chatted with him was it was all about feeling better. It was all about kind of the experience. Yeah, that was uh, that was one of the themes. They had a kind of a thematic take on it this year at CES. And I think it was about your own personal well-being, kind of an offshoot from everything we've gone through in the last two years. Let's get to Fred. Let's listen to what uh, Fred says about his experience about uh, being at the show and how it was all geared toward feeling better. I think a lot of this is an offshoot from the pandemic, right, where we've been totally stressed out. It's been a collectively difficult period of time. And so many of the technology entrants this year are sort of focused on making you feel better, whether it's a better ride in the car. If you're stressed out, we'll serve up a calm playlist. We'll take you on the scenic route home. The word feel was all over this conference, including the new vehicle from Sony and Honda called the Afila. A new vehicle called Afila. I yeah. feel a new vehicle. I'm not sure about that, but I okay. feel a need to take an exit. Exactly. I feel a need to go to Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) I feel a need to pee on something. Um, Anyway, no, no. no. You know, I guess I'm I'm still a little you know tainted on some of these things. Maybe because way back, and I don't know whether you remember this. You were probably like five years old. Sure. In the the late '90s, they had a device called a QCat. Some people will remember it. Um, it was when the internet had just sort of come along and the Prodigy AOL and CompuServe, people were just getting PCs in their homes, right? And it was a little device that was a takeoff on a mouse, but this was mm-hmm. a cat. So it was wired into your computer. It was actually in the shape of a cat. I have it. I have it in the box. You know what? I'm going to post it on the uh, LinkedIn group that we have, Local Advertising and Marketing Trends on LinkedIn. I'll post a picture Ooh, of the some, of the QCat. Can somebody buy it off you? Probably. Um, All right. There's an idea. Um, in <laughs> anyway. any event, it was it was ridiculous. And these media people were kind of jumping on, look at this thing. And the little nose kind of the cat lit up and you could scan a barcode with it. Right. And it was like yeah, yeah. and it would fire up a website on your PC. To me, that was ridiculous. And I kind of think underscores it's really hard to pick a winner when you go to these things and you get enamored by the gadget looking for a market. In fact, even a couple of years ago, I thought the QR code. Remember them? When oh, yeah. Maybe oh. 10 years ago, QR yep. code was the same thing, you yeah, know, with the, with, the, with the cell phone just replacing the cat right. uh, and the right. barcode replaced by the uh, QR codes. Oh, but, it's back, baby. It's back. There, there is. And Fred saw that at the CES. So let's hear what he had to say about uh, QR codes. One of the oddest things, Gordon, is the comeback of the QR code. You know, we've seen a lot of this during COVID menus being on QR code. So you don't have to touch (laughs) something that your server has touched. But at CES this year, it seemed like every booth had a QR code. So instead of paper pamphlets, you could just scan the code and you would have the brochure or their website uh, in your phone. 
See, Gordon, I told you, QR codes are back, baby. Yeah, QR codes. We use them. We use them in our presentations, right? When we get sure. to the end of the presentation, we say, just scan the QR code if you want to download the slides. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's absolutely cool. Yeah, I wonder if they'll get those QR codes on a on the screen, you know, on your car. So no, then you'd have to lift up your phone and, and scan something. No, that, yeah, that, that's not a good idea. That wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of stuff, speaking of which, about cars. Oh yeah, uh, I heard, I I read an article that the CES this year is almost damn near a car show. <laughs> you read? Yes, I do. So Fred Jacobs, and we've had him speak at our conference before. He's really all about cars and the screen and the in-car experience, and you know because radio's getting kind of lost. The, the dials and the buttons really aren't there anymore. But he had a lot to say, and he spent a lot of time looking at what they call connected cars. So let's get to that right after this. And I wanted to welcome our new sponsors to the show. We've got the Weather Company, new sponsor to the show. They'll be on the show a little later in the season, as I mentioned. And Frequence, welcome to Frequence as well as our new sponsors. So we'll get to that discussion about cars at the Consumer Electronics Show and what it means to marketing and advertising companies right after this. Automate your digital advertising workflow with the only platform that does it all. Frequence connects every part of your process, sales, operations, and reporting from beginning to end. Frequence's all-in-one platform makes advertising automation possible. The future of media is here. Visit Frequence.com to get started. The Weather Company combines enterprise-class production tools and visualizations with advanced weather data to help television broadcasters create more personalized weathercasts across platforms, whether they're watching at home, on television, or on their mobile devices on the go. The Weather Company's suite of products will engage audiences throughout the day and keep them coming back for more. Visit us at ibm.com slash weather. Okay, welcome back. As I mentioned, Corey, cars, 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 and you said it's all, it looked like a car show. Car right? show, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's get to what Fred saw. Fred uh, Jacobs of Jacobs Media, just a lot of work on the connected car. And I asked him what he saw this year, the specific application he thinks radio stations and others, I guess, could pursue with connected vehicles. We're concerned about what's going on with cars. You know, this has been happening for the last dozen or so years, the connected car opening up just an array of options to drivers, more screens in the car, all moving away from radio. So the one thing I want to make sure of is that my station looks as good in the car as it sounds. And that means making sure that my metadata looks great, that my album artwork is perfect, and thinking about what other kinds of content that I can actually put in the screen without causing driver distraction, mind you, but content that I can put in the screen that enhances my station and makes it a little stickier in the car. Explain that. Give me some examples of what they could do. So, for example, if I'm a talk station or a sports station, you know the idea where you tune in and you hear your favorite host interviewing someone and you're wondering, who is that? Who are they talking to? And you have to wait for them to do a reset. And maybe they do and maybe they don't. So imagine, you know, having the Gordon Burrell show on your metadata with featured guests 
uh, Ken Griffey Jr. or whoever it may be. So using the metadata as a helper for the listener, including the actual score of the game while you are listening to it, that kind of thing. The metadata is not static. It can actually be used to create a better listening experience for the fan. And then, of course, there's the sponsorship piece, using the metadata in commercial breaks to make your advertisers look a little better. That technology is there, and more and more stations are taking advantage of it, but it would be great to see more of an industry push. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge for radio going forward and what they do with cars. Now, do you have a big screen in your car? Do you, are you yeah. one of those guys? Yeah, we just bought a car about six, six, eight months ago, something like that. And it does have that big distracting screen on it. I keep looking for the button that dims it, you know, particularly at night because your whole face is lit up trying to sure. drive down the road. It is a bit of a distraction. I don't see a whole lot from radio stations. You might see a logo. That's kind of interesting. And then sometimes you'll see the name of the song, but I, I don't see a, a lot of other advertising that's in there. Not, not yet. And I think that's yeah. probably a great right. opportunity as you're listening for traffic reports or you're listening to the latest Eagles song or whatever they're playing, 70s hits, whatever. I think that'd be a good opportunity. Oh, I think it is. I, I think it will be. They just got to get on it. There, He's right. There has to be an industry push towards all of this. Yeah, and those screens are a lot like the uh, digital screens that you see in outdoor advertising along the, the roadway. Sure. Big, bright, beautiful, you know, graphics can't move, <laughs> right? No right. video is allowed because you, you just don't want the driver de- being distracted. But that le- leads to another thing, the big, big application at CES outside of cars is the presence of video. And, you know, I asked Fred about that and what he saw with relation to just overall video at CES, and it sounded like he went off into la-la land. (laughs) Okay, take a listen. Well, I, I have to tell you, when you go into Central Hall and you see what I refer to as city states, I mean, they are so huge. Samsung, LG, Panasonic, Sony. I mean, it's just unbelievable how much square acreage they're taking up at CES and the quality of the televisions themselves are just spectacular. They are so beautiful. They're doing more things than they used to do. You know, one of the things we picked up on is that for so many people who are working from home, the ability to create a more seamless experience with their video screens, having a a full-scale monitor or even a smart TV essentially mirror your computer that you left back at the office. That technology and similar applications were all over the place at CES this year. Steve Koenig, who is the vice president of research for the Consumer Technology Association, the people who put CES on, refers to what's happening in the car as the screenification of the car. So the front screen, the one facing the driver in many vehicles, is what we call pillar to pillar. It is the entire width of the dashboard is video screen. And then, of course, the people in the back seats, part of what they are now calling the passenger economy, each of them has their own individual screen. So radio has to think about what it looks like 
and producing more video that can entertain its former listeners. So it becomes more of a multimedia content challenge, I think, for a lot of radio stations. You can't get away from screens, huh? They're going to be all over. They're going to be in front of you, in front of your passengers, everywhere there's going to be a screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, even if it's, you know, if you're, you're driving in the car and you're not allowed to have it on the, the dashboard, right? You can have it on your cell phone. But he, as he said, you know, passengers in the back. But, you know, everything is headed toward video. And I just think that's such a big, big, big part of the future. Sure. Um, brief videos, informational videos, and the opportunity to, to insert advertising in them, as we've seen with Corey York. OTT numbers and the growth yeah. that we're seeing and the interest there, that's pretty big. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's growing all the time and it's a wide open field. There's a lot of applications for, and the point of entry is getting easier and easier. You know, you can take out your phone, do a video and, and put it up on YouTube and then there you go. Yeah. I'm not saying it's great, but you can do it. Even somebody like you could do can do videos. I went to your little studio and I looked at it from mm-hmm. a distance and I went, man, this looks like a pretty professional TV studio in here. You got all the new sophisticated lights and the shotgun right. mic and all. You're right. It's it's everywhere. Any, yeah. Any fool can do it. Oh, did I say? Oh, I, didn't well, I see that. what you did there. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Let's <laughs> move on, shall we? Yeah. We also talked with Todd Handy, who's good for a more uh, cerebral perspective, I guess, because of his steep knowledge in all types of media and, of course, the framework of disruption. And he came back with a different angle, Corey, on what he calls the controlled chaos of CES, mm-hmm. something that you avoided, right? I guess you don't yeah. like chaos. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's exactly what I don't like it. I don't like my chaos controlled. Listen to his first impression walking onto the floor. So it looks like any other conference or trade show writ large. Just it was amazing that you see, of course, the big players. You see Microsoft, you see Amazon. Delta, interestingly, in the media space was there as well. Delta Airlines. Uh, Everybody's got their booth. Everybody's got their wares. Uh, It's a lot of controlled chaos and so forth, just like any other conference, really. It's still amazing to me that CES for years I used to attend with clients who were in the true consumer electronics space. And six, seven, eight years ago, CES also became about media and the holding companies and the agencies started to attend. Todd can be sort of a gadget guy, but he doesn't really get caught up in the in the glitz of newfangled things, Corey. But right. it was really good to hear. You know, there's a bigger and bigger media perspective, and he's focusing, you know, a lot more on that. Sure. And there was a bigger media presence there at the show. That's what I'm led to understand. And, you know, other retailers and things like that bringing in their take on media and, and showing agencies what they have. Yeah. As they become more media companies themselves. Yeah. Th- we put together a chart. This is amazing. That shows that Walmart now has more traffic than CNN.com. And some of the other retailers eventually will overlap it. So you're thinking about, okay, they've got all this information all this great stuff that you know they're putting on the website because they have these relationships with people coming to the website wanting to buy stuff. Todd came back with a perspective on something you love, Corey, but I yes. find some cases utterly boring, something we all sort of hate that we have to wrap our brains around, the word that makes my eyes glaze over when you utter it, data. You mean data? Data. That's what I said, data. Or datum or anything Data. like that. Yeah. Well, you know, if you don't understand something, Gordon, I can see why your eyes would glaze over. So Data. that's cool. 
<laughs> he saw a lot of subscription services there. Disney Plus, you know, Netflix, HBO Max, Amazon, Apple. You got subscriptions to all those, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, really. seriously, seriously, do you? Yeah. No, not not to every one of them, but to many of them. Absolutely, I do. I think I do. But that got me to thinking about data and him. Data, did I say it? I'm not today. Data, 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 data. data. We'll go with you. Just, Starting to sound yeah. like the Pink Panther. Did him, did him. <laughs> Specifically, data. I don't give a rip. Data clean rooms, which <laughs> is basically a publishing environment where ads are not just you know thrown onto some page somewhere. You know what data clean rooms are? You explain yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's where I mean, right now the the definition is kind of amorphous, but it's where data is brought together. Usually, a publisher's data and let's say an advertiser's data. Those data are brought together, cleaned up, and therefore you're able to target. You're able to place ads where you want them. You're able to look at ROI things on the back end. So basically, it's a way to replace the cookies in a way. It's like well, if yeah. cookies are going to go away, what are we going to do? And, and, data cleaning, so. and it creates a brand safe environment. So let's let's hear what he had to say about it. And by the way, when he refers in this next uh, segment to GDPR and CCPR, he's referring to these data privacy laws in Europe and California in case you missed your bowl of acronym soup last week. So for me, it really is a lot more along the lines of, let's say, data clean rooms and what's going on with regard to everything from GDPR to CCPR to everything in the first-party, third-party data privacy realm, where what are we going to do once we no longer have the third-party cookie? In some cases, we already, already no longer have that. How are we going to target as effectively as we can to get the best returns that we can. We've seen what has happened to Facebook's business and others' business because of Apple's ATT and so forth. And so I'm very interested to see what happens with data clean rooms, for example, how you can take first-party data and take other data, bring it together, do your targeting and so forth, hopefully get the returns that you're looking for, but still do it in a privacy-friendly way and how you're going to layer a CDP on that if you're a publisher and so forth. So I'd be going back as an agency saying to my advertising clients, let's make sure we have our data ready to activate in different ways, either in a CDP or through a data clean room or something like that, so we can get the best performance that we can out of our data. Okay. To be fair, Todd did get a little wonky on the virtual reality and augmented reality stuff, which was all over the show. I think there's some applications for our audience, but I think it's probably, don't you, Corey, a little more experimental right now, like keep it on the radar? Right right now it is, and I'm more interested in AR than I am VR at this point because I think there's a lot more applications for media companies with AR than there are VR, but, you know, Todd had his own view on it. Explain that a second. Differences in what way? In what way? Well, the experience, right? I mean, VR is a closed environment. You're inside, you're wearing your goggles, you're inside a virtual reality environment. Augmented reality augments your reality, whether it's through a phone or glasses or something like that. That's, you know, uh, what was the uh, the Pokemon thing from years ago, the game, yeah, yeah. you know, where there's a po That's augmented reality. Yeah, I think it's something you just need to keep on the radar. Maybe get yourself a pair of binoculars or whatever you call them. You know, one of those headsets, uh, AR binoculars. Is that what they are? I don't know. <laughs> Figure it out. So here's Todd's take. So I think the VR, AR, XR, MR world is certainly happening. 
The Quest Pro now, HTC, has some glasses as well. It's quickly becoming not just one or the other, it's becoming both. Putting a headset on where the room blacks out doesn't do me a lot of good if I want to move around and so forth. So now they're adding AR and so forth. But what I was really interested was I, I, I listened to some sessions with Snap and with Meta and some of the others, and the fact that now developers are developing for doing things together. It's not just you alone with your VR, AR, XR, whatever. It is certainly fitness and everything else that you might do on your own, but now there's productivity, getting things done at work, at home, getting productivity, mixed reality and so forth. Microsoft is partnering with some folks so you can use Teams in more of a VR space now. Meta announced with Adobe and Autodesk and Zoom that their Quest is going to work with all of their applications from those companies and so forth. Maybe not an aha because it's been coming, but uh, just the speed with which it's picking up was really interesting to me. So what does that mean to a publisher then, Gordon? I think you just got to go out and, and dive into, you got to learn about it. You got to put on one of these headsets, you know, it's like, you know, buying one of those Apple watches a year ago or the, the frigging QCAT that we talked about, right? Right, you right. Know, you got right. to get involved somehow and do those things and see how they actually work. I, and, you know, as much as I don't want to, and I kind of think it's ridiculous, we're hearing, okay, we need to get involved in some of this augmented reality stuff and maybe the virtual reality as well. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's getting enough people out there to understand the applications. And I think Fred mentioned it uh, early on about getting in front of people. You know, it, it's always about how do you get in front of people with messaging and what do these new products and services bring to the table? Yeah, look at all the things that people are looking at, the different screens, whether it's a, a cell phone or a desk a top computer, or I've got one, two, three, four screens in front of me right now. Right. You know, all those types of things. And then the outside screens, screens in doctor's offices, they're just so, so many things out there that oh yeah yeah so many things you can go in and buy so what is so hearing all of this what are you what are you going to go out and buy uh i don't know i'm going to go out and buy one of those with things you scan thingamajiggies drop it in my toilet (laughs) i don't know man seems like a short hop to installing a camera in that thing you know for your health and then you uh then you have your next tiktok video oh that's gross okay yeah well what about the QR code thing? Huh? How about that? There well, might be some ideas around that. That's coming what, back. What about personalized QR codes for like different body parts? For what? I don't know. Maybe someone wants to buy something literally off of you. Hey. Hey, maybe you could make one for me for a link where I can sell my vintage QCAT. Still in the box. You've been listening to the Local Marketing Trends Podcast, sponsored by Frequent and by The Weather Company. If you have submissions or ideas for future shows, or if you'd like to be a guest, email the hosts at podcast at Thanks for listening, and remember, market well.